0: You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast.
1: Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit.
0: This is like the fourth episode in the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing that I'm running into um, is... Basically, with the, with the whole, you know, lockdown, pandemic, all that kind of thing, um, I watched Walking Dead, yeah. you know, all the Living Dead movies, all that kind of thing. <laughs> I got to say, like, for an apocalypse, the biggest challenge is boredom.
1: <laughs> what does that say about us?
0: Well, but mainly just because, you know... Kind of pathetic. Like, I want to end up, like, with a mohawk and, like, all leather with, like, a... <laughs> Like Mad Max vehicle?
1: Oh, I'm going for the armpit hair.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, yeah,
1: totally. Um, I did see a kid the other day with a mohawk. I actually stopped and complimented
0: him. I thought it was like
1: really weird. But it looks really good. But from,
0: like, a, from a social distance.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, he's probably like 18 or something like that. I said, so did you use egg whites? He's like, no, hairspray. I'm like, because I would. Oh,
0: like he shaved it and then spiked it. Uh, oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah
1: like it it was like 12 inches high spiked it was awesome and he had red in his hair oh that's impressive yeah
0: yeah because
1: i keep trying to do that to hudson but he won't let me
2: (laughs) with the red too
1: (laughs) i said hey don't you think his hair like i was trying to like encourage him to do that
0: and he's like no I'm thanks mom i'm little and soft (laughs) (laughs) anyway Uh... so this is our um i don't know i've lost count uh, of episodes during during lockdown pandemic time. Mm-hmm. We've got a friend, Allison, uh, who is a physiotherapist, to cover some sort of key issues people will be running into mm-hmm. um, and what you can do yourself when you can't actually get to a professional. So it's self-care direction from a professional. Being that we have an assload of time, I'm training... Probably at least a dozen times a week now. Because um, I'm doing walks, which I don't even count as training. It's just daily activity. Mm-hmm. You do
1: a minimum three hours a day,
0: yeah. right? Then I'm doing weighted hikes or rock marches. And I'm up to a 55-pound pack. Um, For an hour? Uh, today, was, time. today was an hour and a half.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, then I'm doing hill sprints twice a week. And then I'm doing three lower body workouts and three upper body workouts and learning how to use, um, a, a mace bell, you know, which is basically a big handle with a steel ball on the end mm-hmm. and learning all the techniques there. Um, so now I'm running into elbow issues. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's where, that's where today's episode comes in. Um,
1: yeah, we had Allison not too long ago uh, talking about injury prevention and rehab. But I guess yeah, it's it's a continuation of that from our home offices and 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 cre- crazy workouts that Winston's doing. <laughs> so
2: it's amazing. It's it's the two spectrums. Like you see your side where you have all the time in the world and you've taken and the initiative and you found some kind of way to have motivation to do all of these other things there's now the other side of the spectrum where people have become completely inactive where they used sport and the social aspect of it to do their activity so now they're not injecting any type of activity into their world or they're sitting significantly more and so there's disuse injuries happening oh. and then there's the continuum in between. So it's kind of a bizarre spectrum. Oh, or different types of exercises. You're trying this this new like thing in exercise that you've never tried before people are getting back into exercise and I kind of explained this today like they're trying jumping where they're getting you know jumping jacks into their programming or they're getting into different ballistic activities that they never would have done running running is one of the only things you can do right now because if you didn't have a bike before you don't want to go out and buy a new bike or you might try it online but you don't have the right bike fit so you're trying running the logistics of running are just you need a pair of sneakers and an open road, it's a it, very simple thing to introduce into your life.
0: And I would totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna throw out for everybody if you want conditioning of running, um, without the risk of the same risk of injuries because you don't have the same impact, mm-hmm. um, weighted hikes or ruck marching, yeah, uh, so that's basically just putting weight in a backpack, yeah, um, once you get. Sort of in that 30, 40 pound range. And if anybody starts it, I don't recommend um, going super heavy to begin with. Start with like 15 pounds and work your way up, you know, two or three weeks at one weight, then add five pounds, work your way up. But uh, it burns about 90% of the calories that running does for the same time period without beating the shit out of you.
2: And I love that idea and I completely agree. It's just people aren't aware of that aspect, well, right? That's wild. And so, like, running is so, I love that you're bringing this up and I hope we talk more on that because the, you need to be fit to run it's not something that you should use as a way to get fit because yeah. there's so many different stresses on your body and we're never taught to run we're never you know you've been running since you're 18 months old or 24 months old like no one there's not a lot of people who actually go through the mechanics of running unless you're in a running group or you have a running coach or you've done it in track and field but there's so many intricacies to it and there's so many ways to hurt yourself there's so many benefits to it too but you have to do it right and you have to be strong to to do it and i love this idea of the progressive overload do something that you do all the time the walking now make it into a ruck now make it into a hike now make it into something scaled that you can continue to improve that doesn't impose an acute overload like a gross amount of increase in stress like adding running from doing nothing and then i'm oh i'm just doing running so i love the weighted rucks i yeah. think they're fantastic well, and,
0: and especially like unless you were uh I've been a, a triathlon coach for a long time. Mm-hmm. And my view, based on the amount of athletes, like cyclists only ever get hurt occasionally with a little bit of overuse, you know, um, ramping up the volume in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit of tendonitis in the knees. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that kind of aches and pain shit of just being hunched over and not working on the mobility. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it's crashing. It's wiping out, mm-hmm. right? Right. If you don't wipe out, you don't really get hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're not catastrophic injuries, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, ah, my knee feels a little achy, Mm -hmm. right? So spin in a lighter gear for a few days and you feel fine. Absolutely. Runners always get hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, And so running is one of those activities. It's like uh, running and bench press. Um, (laughs) If you aren't competing in those things, don't do them. (laughs) Because it's one of those things where... You will eventually get hurt um you know I can have people squat for years mm-hmm. never get hurt uh deadlift for years you know never get hurt mm-hmm. bench press eventually you get and it's just because the shoulder's a shitty joint mm-hmm. um you end up with shoulder issues um runners it's like from shin splints to knees to hips to back to you know you just the and you'd know this better than uh I probably would but something like um, the impact force is like something like six to eight times your body weight
2: yeah it's it's one of those things that there's so much variability around it so running too much will injure you there is actually really good studies that show there's increases in joint cartilage um with with some runners because they do the load management correctly mm-hmm. they do the load volume the thing with runners we have a huge fight with so one people use it as a conditioning tool and they're unfit to run two some of the mechanics are faulty and they can contribute to the issues three runners love running there is that special population that get that runners high that they only want to run and we all know that you don't keep doing the same thing to just get better at the same thing. Hockey players will not just keep playing hockey to get better at hockey. They're going to do strength training. They're going to do conditioning. They're going to do different parts of being active. Runners love to run. And if you tell them they can't run six days a week, it's a hard sell until you start bringing the evidence of the sport performance and the like the mobility and the strength training in it
1: what about cross-country running mm-hmm. um, is that a better choice versus on pounding the pavement it's because if the impact is a little bit less well
2: and the joints go through so much more variability right mm-hmm. so there's so much it's not a consistent thing like you're talking about that with that ground reaction force if there's the impact on the heel every single time and it's shooting up through the the entire lower leg or the the cross-country there's uneven surfaces there's things that your body has to adapt to which means m- different muscles are always always trying to accommodate and work in different ways. There's different stresses. Some runners love the same routes. They know their 5K route. They run the same weigh the exact same time every time well the road has a certain camber which means one side of your leg is going to be working lengthened and one working shortened that changes your mechanics if you do that repetitively all the time like runners are in this consistent pattern all the time that if we can just break it and have some Mm -hmm. variability it's going to change and that's where you get it with your strength trainers that's where you get it with the hiking you get variability with it and Mm -hmm. so that's not going to have the thing but it's, it's the running and it's the monotony of running yeah um you know concrete is harder than pavement is harder than trail running so if you have the option to run on the sidewalk or the road run on the road if you have the option to run on a path versus the road run on the path now some people don't trust their ankles because they have weak ankles and so we have to play with that
1: that you need to strengthen your ankles before you get into it if you're that concerned exactly Um, but I think what you're talking about is balancing things out like Mm -hmm. if you're doing bench press you should be doing back work if you're doing a lot of cycling um, you tend to uh, is it the outer Quads that get really strong, you need to work on the inner. It's very um, easy that your it starts to pull your knee joint in one direction if you don't balance things out. A,
0: a little bit, but also you tend to get tight hip flexors. Yeah. Um, you know, bad posture because you're not slumped forward. You know, right. the, the the negative problem of sitting all the time. Yeah. Now rotate it forward. It's the yeah. exact same issue. So yeah. with cycling, the big thing is um, balancing out what the imbalances are. Mm. Right. So, uh, basically, a lot of core and lower back work, a lot of postural work in the upper back muscles. um, You know, and it's just it's sort of like anything. Um, Whatever activity you're doing, working on whatever's on the other side of that. uh, Like I say, climbers don't do a lot of pressing. So, balancing out, they do a lot of pulling. Mm -hmm. um, And it's usually vertical pulling. So, getting horizontal pulling in, um, we're dealt work. That all helps the shoulders uh, and getting some pushing work in, um, you know, so it's it's that kind of thing of uh, by the time this comes out, our article on um, my my fitness training commandments will be out. <laughs> um, and one of the, the commandments is you should do what you suck at.
2: Absolutely.
0: Right. It's, <laughs> I love it.
2: It's not fun, but it's so
1: true. Yeah, but when you get over it, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Because you see, you see a
0: huge improvement. Because you get yeah. new. Because if there's something you haven't been doing, yeah, you start doing it, you get newbie gains.
2: Yeah.
0: Right, like me trying to add, you know, like twenty pounds to my squat is hard work. Right, like it's going to take months and months and months and months because it's something I've been doing for years. Yeah. But I. have personally been very lax with one-legged movements, um, and that's actually one thing with the uh, sort of lockdown, because I don't have any weights at home. I've done more lunges, um, one-legged box squats, skater squats, uh, shrimp squats, <laughs> all these different one-legged movements. I've done more of those yeah. in the last four weeks than I've done in the previous 15 years.
2: So tell me what you do for your motivation, because this is a fight I'm having with some people where, Hmm. like, with strength gains, anything like that, we, those are usually delayed gratification, right? So Mm -hmm. you're going to see results four weeks down the road, six weeks down the road. To find little wins every day, to say, I'm going to get 1% better every day, or to find things that make me motivated to keep doing it is hard. You know, you get excited for an exercise program and do it for two weeks. And then it becomes demotivating when the things aren't changing or your movement patterns are still really hard. What kind of strategies do you use? Because I'm, I'm fighting that one a lot with some, some people I'm chatting with about their exercise program
0: so because i like i i was a gym rat starting at 14 okay and so part of it it, it isn't motivation okay um basically it's the whole thing of discipline picks up where motivation leads off absolutely right that idea that you know it's like "Ah, i'm motivated no like if you need to be motivated to look after yourself yeah you're failing right like and One of the ideas um, that that I find very powerful is, does my behavior, like, if I saw my behavior in somebody else, would I want to be like them? Okay. Um, Right? Like, would I inspire myself? And if the answer is no, then what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) Right? Like, it's the kind of thing where, um, especially, you know, like, I've been around for a while uh you know, I don't know if we want to call it an influencer nowadays. Um but it's one of those things where where I can't expect anybody, you know, whether it's about backpacking or bikes or training or any of these things, listen to a single fucking thing I say if I don't practice it. Um so that's number one. Um and then the other part, like for me is just the uh you do a workout it is good for your mental health
2: mm-hmm, good
0: right and that's where it's kind of a two-pronged a it always just feel good to um check something off that you've accomplished something today always right but secondly uh if you then uh want to have a lazy period mm-hmm. right you want to do your netflix and chill which i realize means get watch Netflix as an excuse to get laid, but but we'll use that in... Netflix. What are you talking about? Hey, that's what Netflix and chill means.
1: Hang on. If
0: you ask a girl, hey, do you want to Netflix and chill?
1: Oh, does it?
0: Yeah. It doesn't mean... I do you didn't wanna, know that like, either. It means Netflix and chill is like code for you will watch Netflix and the machine will have to ask us, do you want to continue show? You know, that little thing that pops up at the bottom because uh-huh. you were busy. Gotcha. It's kind of like that that...
1: I didn't know. That.
0: Why, why do I know like a modern hookup thing? And I've never even been on a date app.
1: <laughs> because guys' brains are wired. Definitely... No, no, but it's just, well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, think,
0: I think it's just that I remember stuff.
1: Mm. <laughs> it's like,
0: oh, that's what it means. Oh, okay. Now I know what it means. But I developed a thing in my head that if you want that, you have to earn it. Okay. The, mm-hmm. I so ended up coming you. at it with a, with a few different pathways. Um, and then it's just one of those things where I know what it's like to be completely out of shape. Yeah. Um, You know, years ago, uh, you know, overworked, running a bunch of businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you get fat, you get out of shape. You know, it literally is that stuff that you not that long ago remember, I mean, I could do this easy. I can't do any of this. And then you go, no, I'm never getting there again. (laughs) Those are those are a few for me. Like, what about for you, Catherine? Aside from my bullying, (laughs) (laughs)
1: which having a team is one of the best ways to stay active so I'm definitely that social person that unless I'm going with somebody to the gym am I going to do it so having worked under or worked out with Winston like years ago when he had the bike shop and knowing that his workouts are Mm effective right so it's worthwhile putting the time into it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be a lot of time which I liked so I always showed up and so I've been a pretty consistent workout partner for you. This is in the mm-hmm. past. Yep. Now it's been hard because I, for a while, we weren't seeing each other. And so I'm like, fuck, I got to work at home on my own. This really sucks. Yeah. What I did right away were the weighted hikes. And honestly, a lot of it was all driven for mental health. The benefits you get from it for mental health because I'm continuing to work Mm -hmm. and with there being such a pivot in our business, okay, where do we go next? Mm -hmm. And your days are often very quite tiring, and then you've got other concerns. We were supposed to go on a trip, we had to figure that out, and then so I found that those hikes, which were weighted, and I started off at around 20 pounds, um, were perfect, exactly what I needed to start the day. But I wasn't getting my strength training in, Mm -hmm. right, and especially with the kids and homeschooling, figuring that out, it was kind of tough. So, I did them in the evenings. Um, Then I started to consider doing them in the morning. And that was, I I don't know if we talked about it, Mm -hmm. but did them first thing. So, um, get it out of the way. Yeah. So, it felt like a real win. It's almost like you went to you did something you hate. Right. You don't like to, you don't hate it, but you don't. Doesn't make you want to do it. Yeah.
0: What the strength right
1: Yeah, but then you start to feel strong, and then you do it, right? So then I put on. Oh, I listen to my hip hop, which I know I hate hip hop. <laughs> it's
0: funny. When she works because
1: I feel like it's like a badass thing, and it's the only thing that gets me to the table. She listens
0: to like like hardcore gangster hip hop when she works I
1: out. Do. <laughs> it gets me in the mood to work out, okay, right? That's motivation. um Perfect. But aside from that, I think. um yeah, once you get that done I had a routine where I'd be done by eight and so I then had a half hour to go for a hike and do what I love yeah go back to, to that care it was a carrot um sometimes I did sometimes I did it even if it was 20 minutes just yeah. to get out and then come back by 8 30 have a shower and then I'm working at nine so I love that flexibility yeah. that staying at home offers so that's amazing but I think um like this week was rough I didn't work out as much mm-hmm. um quite honestly I didn't do a whole heck of a lot this week i did do some mobility work and um what's some other motivation
0: not motivation discipline yeah
1: and no but she asked motivation (laughs) what gets you to do it um i do sleep better cool it's tough when you're a parent so i have a six and eight year old and i co-parent a week at a time now Mm mm-hmm um, when I do that week, it's tiring. Yep. And so a schedule is really important. Sticking to that schedule versus being lackadaisical.
2: When I post that that right there, like those key little things that you said, the the habit forming... The carrot, like giving yourself a win. Like, I'm going to do this and then I get this. Like, you get these micro rewards, right? But also scheduling it in because life gets crazy. And you're really right. Fix your words. I shouldn't have used motivation. I said I should have said what drives you because um, I don't know if you've heard the concept Mel Robbins. um, It has a beautiful concept. It says motivation is garbage. You're never motivated to do anything Mm -hmm. that's hard. You're, You're motivated to do things that are easy, that keeps it safe. Right. But all the good stuff happens on the other side of scary. All the good stuff happens yeah. on the other side of uncomfortable. You just got to get there.
0: I think that's what makes me a psycho.
1: But <laughs> it's empowering. It is right? empowering. You feel really strong. Like yeah. you feel it.
2: Yeah, but like and having a team around you, right? You have Winston, and and you're accountable
1: to him when he's like, uh, Have you to done talk it about yet? What we did for fun to get me. we we'll probably take this out. Working out naked. Love it. <laughs> Love it. I.
2: Don't take that out, that's perfect.
0: You know,
2: right? But it's finding those things, right? Being accountable to each other, being accountable to a team, and even checking off that darn little box. Mm -hmm. Like, so something I've had to do for myself over these past five weeks, six weeks, is I made like a self investment accountability tool and I wrote down like 15 things I want to get in my world. I want my water intake to be this. I give myself two nights a week that I can have wine because I was doing seven of seven, like get done my day and then having wine. And I just—it it wasn't necessary. It just became that became my habit.
0: Yeah, you know, you know, it's gone a little too far. If you ever wake up with a headache in the morning, right? You're like, oh,
2: <laughs> and you know, yeah. like, so it's just little things that I've done, and and I would finish my day and be like, oh, I haven't, you know, I didn't get my mobility work in, or oh, I didn't get to read the way I wanted to, or I didn't practice mm-hmm. piano the way mm-hmm. I wanted to. So now I have this checklist on my fridge, and if I do it, I check it off, and that check mark is so satisfying. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's one of those things that I want to achieve 90% of that for the day and then I'm happy Mm -hmm. and then those are my little wins that it's just something that I've done but I love hearing everybody else's like the schedule is key like scheduling it into your day like this is my day and i've just i've been trying to find different yeah. ways of helping people find different ways to stay on top of their activity well, game something
1: is better than nothing and you talk, that's one of your key points that's right? rule number one yeah it's true i mean even if you only go out for 10 minutes 20 minutes it's it's something and so again we talked about also working it into your work day right mm-hmm. so doing about 100 squats 100 um mm-hmm. blue bridges and then 50 push-ups. 50 push-ups. But
0: do it... Like, if you're somebody working from home, do sets of 10 every 20 minutes. Cool. You you add up to some serious volume for the course of the day. You
1: do. So, I mean, for the squats and the glute bridges, I just crank out 50 at a time and so i'm just done yeah and
0: then it ends up being a bit of a cardio i usually do the
1: first 50 mm-hmm. i don't do the same. <laughs> so I gotta work on that, but you do feel better yeah because it's like a vortex to get sucked into it at, at the absolutely. office absolutely um which is right over there and so you it's it's just so easy not to get up and so this week in particular i noticed how little steps i had like 1200 like it was brutal so um the schedule is really important just do it and get it over with in the beginning of the day you'll feel yeah. Like a million bucks.
0: Mm. One of one of the things when you're talking about steps, anybody that's got like one of the little step counters, mm-hmm. if you're not working right now, and I realize kids and like it's not like life has stopped. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Right? But normal life would have made you move a bit more. Yeah. Um that's where I've come up with that like three hours of walking minimum a day. And I don't give a shit whether you do it in your house. I don't care whether you go outside for a walk. Mm-hmm. You quick, slow. Move. It works out to be about Move. you know, yeah. fifteen to 20,000 steps a day if cool. you're doing three hours. Cool. Um, and so it's always one of those things where a uh, certain amount, like human movement or human beings, we evolved to do a lot of easy movement, some hard movement, and some fast movement. So... If you, if you make a point of building into your day a chunk of easy, which is walking, mm-hmm. a little bit hard, you know, which is... And that could be... They like, do super slow push-ups. Do push-ups where it takes 10 seconds to lower down and 10 seconds to come up with, like, a five-second pause at the bottom. I don't care how strong you are. That's going to be hard as shit. Right? You can, you can make body weight stuff hard. And then get some sprinting in
1: so that's another motivator is how you progress in the difficulty because mm-hmm. i can see people getting bored okay i'm done this but yeah slowing down adding more weight different angles you know um and i think another thing that was really fun um that i'm doing tomorrow is you know going for walks or hikes if you are even physical distancing with people like you should you can still go with other people like for a while we weren't seeing each other so i had you on the other side of the street and we had our phones plugged in you know we were talking on our phones with our headphones headphones in and it was it it was great you just walk
0: and talk because
1: we we talk so much and we don't shut up we we walked a lot like at night you know and we and it was at night time it was beautiful and And
0: because effectively we're together i could keep an eye on you yeah you're you're more comfortable to go out in the dark i was because i wasn't comfortable
1: going out at night you know. So what about you? Are there any other things that you find helpful or that you've heard from others? Well, so one thing that really
2: changed my world was actually the gym that I go to. They've put us all into teams. And so the coaches are all now in charge of our teams. And they put out daily workouts. But we have this Google Docs sheet that we share the 15 of us on our team. So you write down if you've done a workout, whether it's the workout that they gave you or something Thing. And then they're also making another um, task associated with that. So this week was hydration. Did you meet your three to four liters of water? You get to put another check. And That's then the your yeah. whole team gets a like score at the end of the week. And so being accountable to the team was something super <laughs> wonderful hmm. But I actually, that's when I made that self-investment tool because I was like, I think it's actually the fact that I finished my workout and I get to log on and actually write down that I did it, right? Like, I think that was a big tool for me with it. And I don't know, I just, exactly what you said, I just heard this concept, and I love the way the guy said it this week, was he said, put in movement snacks throughout your day. So Hmm. think about exercise as the big meal and movement as your snacks throughout the day. You can do a big series of exercises, like stress your body for 45 minutes to an hour, but if your lifestyle isn't matching that, it's going to... Not undo, but not help or accentuate what you just did. But Uh. if you can have little snacks throughout the day, right? We would never supplement food. Or just say, I'm just going to have supplements and not have food. You have food and then the supplements help it, right? The movement throughout your day is your little snacks. And I just loved that concept of like, put little movement snacks in throughout your day.
1: That's interesting because I find if I'm not move when I don't move, I have to spend that extra little bit more time, put that much more time into my pre-workout, mm-hmm. right, at mobility work. To undo to like, warm up, yeah. To get ready for the, and then that takes time, right? Yeah. If you do that right, let's go back to your very first comment. You know, from one end of the spectrum of being sedentary mm-hmm. to the other end where you're like Mr. Uh, warrior here. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, I know my issue is actually the elbows. That surprised me because I'm not even climbing, but somehow I've got tenonitis. Well, because
0: you're also you're doing actual push-ups now with your own body weight
1: right right but i've got the uh sl- the, the slingshot the which slingshot. takes
0: a, takes a little bit off the shoulders at the bottom but it's still all on the elbows okay um yeah and, then, and i think it's
1: i i noticed it too when i do the rows with the trx yeah and
0: you're doing a high volume
1: no i'm not i'm only going up to 10 at a time it's still from but, going from not doing it to doing what, multiple sets of 10 he's, he's looking at me like what the fuck why aren't you doing more? Oh,
0: No, no, <laughs> no. But, but you're, doing, you're doing five sets of 10s of those
1: five sets of 10 yeah
0: five sets of 10 face pulls oh wow yeah five sets of 10 uh band pull aparts yeah so. um five sets of push-ups five sets of overhead presses
2: right we're at 250
0: the, repetitions yeah. <laughs>
1: okay yeah
0: you know, so so it's one of those things where it does add up.
1: Yeah. Fair you enough. You know,
0: it's like you got to look at the overall volume.
1: Yeah.
2: And, it, and that's what we're seeing a lot of is this acute overload. Not necessarily that you weren't active before. It's a different activity. And you would never go into a strength training program being like, I'm going to go full out with this, but it's the option we have. And so it's, it's learning to scale or figuring out where the breakdown is. Because a lot of times injuries happen, one, because it's acute overload. The tissue didn't have the tolerance to take it. Or two, the biomechanics aren't what they're supposed to be you don't have the mobility of it a lot of times elbow pain is not an injury to the elbow it's because we don't have the mobility through the shoulder or the back or you know things are feeding into it it can be feed in from the neck and it's just like the symptom is in the elbow but it's kind of like the knee the knee's the dumb joint so is the elbow it does whatever the shoulder and the upper body tell it to do Um, and if you don't have the back strength to do all of those things or if you don't have the the chest like endurance to do all of those our body just figures out how to get those two hundred and fifty repetitions in, um, and sometimes it's a tissue overload at that point with it. That's what we're finding a lot of is just that the people are using different exercise strategies, which I love, but it's too much, too quick. Um, a lot of the home programs that you're going to see, the people who are now working at home in a crisis and they're trying to exercise we're not exercising from home we're exercising in a crisis and that's a completely different concept right we're not homeschooling our kids we're homes we're schooling our kids through a crisis completely different concepts so when you're trying to add exercise in at home and you're doing these workout videos where there's lots of jumping but maybe our, our body wasn't ready for it or our mechanics aren't there we're not strong enough the poor knees take it or the poor ankles take it or the back takes it because the tissue just wasn't ready for it and that sometimes mm. you're trying to figure out the movement you're trying yeah. to figure out this this mace thing and trying to figure out how your body's supposed to adapt to it so you keep practicing it keep practicing it and then the body's like oh I'm done you know actually
0: that's that's actually not true (laughs) because the first time i did like a a a workout with it yeah and it was a great workout but like the 360 which is kind of the classic mace move Mm -hmm. um uh was bugging my shoulder so uh, i've used the mace as a very heavyweight lacrosse ball okay um it's great for your hip flexors Mm. Like, put it down on the ground and then oh. lean into the ball on the end <laughs> and just grind those tight hip flexors. That's great. Um, I've used it for some, like, balance core work because if you're holding it because the weight's offset, mm-hmm. just things naturally have to fire or you fall mm-hmm. over. But yeah, like like the cool mace work, because my elbow was bugging me, I, I actually have been smart enough not to do.
2: Well done. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: <laughs> And the thing is that with the elbow for me, it's been sort of something I've been managing for years because I broke it. Okay. And, and you wh-
1: fractured it.
0: Well, that's what broke means.
1: No, it's slightly like fractures. Isn't the fracture worse? Because a break, you can always put it back into place, like realign it. It's well, different, right?
0: Well, you're the professional. Is there a difference between a break and a hairline fracture?
2: Mm, They're they're all a fracture, and then Mm. um, it's just what people will associate the words with. But yeah, they're all the same thing in general. Okay, cool.
0: That's what I thought.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He didn't want to. I told you so, but he did. He liked the words better anyway. (laughs)
0: But but and it's weird. Like so, obviously you can get like i'm not sure whether it's golfers or tennis but you know on the outside if you got pain yeah um i think that's tennis elbow tennis elbow and golfer's yep. elbows on the end of mm-hmm. what is it when it's right on the point of the bone
2: so there's an attachment of the <laughs> triceps there there's like a like yeah. a bursa that's there so it it all depends on what like there's no like tennis elbows this side golfer's mm-hmm. elbows this side there's nothing on the tip of the olecranon that like is a name like a common term for it so
0: it's my life sucks is what it's called yeah because if you do planks yeah right on your Mm -hmm. forearms Mm -hmm. um but like i really ran into it yesterday i couldn't do push-ups because but it's funny like down here no problem with the elbow okay um here not really any problem but it's just right there in that mid-range yeah
2: so then so there is like a nerve that runs on the inside part of the nerve of the elbow too and again a lot of times when you know it's so if it was just elbow it should bother in all three positions Mm -hmm. but because there's something else going on like the mechanics of something is off so whether it's the myofascial like chain that's going over that area whether it's the nervy tissue that's going over it maybe you don't have the mobility in something and it's pulling a little too much there's something within that range that's messing up and a lot of times there's the ulnar nerve that kind of glides right in that canal Mm -hmm. and it can snap over and get really really irritated and irritate the tip right like kind of radiate into that area yeah
0: because mine like it literally is just a pokey sore right at the tip of the elbow
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know yeah, but there's no one. like swelling good
0: um, you know but it like it really, literally feels like right on the bone
2: that's a tough one like because it's not even you're not even at the tricep attachment you're distal, like you're further yeah. away from that when you're doing it yeah
0: like it's like literally right there <laughs>
2: And sometimes it's like, so we have different types of nerves. So the nerves that innervate the skin, so your cutaneous nerves, sometimes they get irritated with constant pressure on. So maybe like avoid the planks for a little mm-hmm. bit and just see if you can unload it and then just yep. go like progressively do some up-down planks instead of just like full-out mm. um, elbow planks or different different variations of high planks um, and playing in that range with it that's a tough one on just on the tip right there. Cause yeah. there's no good real attachment of anything that should be your like lateral Yeah, that's, pain. Or... That's
0: where I hit and it's got like the fracture mm. it, because like it, it was four years ago, I was yeah. hiking the Appalachian trail slipped on a rock, yeah. you know, like on a slab and just literally did the rocks people elbow right onto a rock. Mm-hmm. And it was like, ow, that hurt. Mm-hmm. And then I just kept hiking, <laughs> you know, cause what are you going to do? You're in the middle of the forest. Um, and it was one of those things where it wasn't, like, debilitated or anything, but it was sore enough I couldn't do push-ups. Yeah. Um, and then I continued my hike, and, you know, it didn't really bother me that much. And But what ended my hike was twisting my ankle so severely that, it like, you know, I had elephantitis of the ankle. Um, and got back, and, you know, back to Canada, went to the, you know, get x-rays, yeah. And it's like, hey, while you're at it, like, my elbow's been sort of sore, too. And they said, yeah. It's like, you know, once it was all sort of, like, looked at, it's like, yeah, it looks like you had a hairline fracture, but it's healed already. <laughs>
2: oh, my goodness.
0: Um, but it's been on and off. Yeah. Hmm. Since.
2: So since then, so that makes more sense then, then I bet you it's that angriness of the nerve. So because that nerve is so close to the skin, you have the big trauma and the fracture there. One, it can irritate where that nerve comes out. Two, It's really neat. The nervous system has a memory. And so when something's hypersensitized, when there is a big trauma to that area, the brain actually remembers like the the nervous system almost imprints it. Think about it like um, you go to a funeral and you hear a sad song. You hear the song 4 years later, you get this gut punch I'm going to puke kind of feeling. Nothing happened, you didn't eat anything bad, you just heard the song again and now you have this inert lower, like this innate physiological reaction. The nervous system has a memory and it remembers these things. So this area is always like can be a little bit more hypersensitized. So we actually call that something like centrally mediated pain, which means your nervous system like this pain center in your brain gets an imprint of that was a big trauma. Yeah, you didn't take care I of it pushed the first through time, it, right? And you didn't give it enough sympathy. So now mm-hmm. any so now it's any pressure on it, and the body says, you know what? Uh, there's pressure on that pain spot. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of pain there, and sometimes the nerves get super irritated mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. So continually sensitizing it, but also don't push through it, right? So it's kind of that art of this the the part of the working out and the rehabbing. That's yeah. yeah, the nervous system is pretty cool does that stuff to you
0: yeah i guess maybe one of the things that will probably help too is like uh shave my arms and then kinesiology tape
2: oh i'm sure it'll fix it
0: (laughs) (laughs) actually i'll pick your like what do you what do you think of like um kinesiology tape
2: so when you hear the thing so when k-tape first came out it was the red tape is going to heat up the area and the blue tape is going to cool down the area and if you tape it in one direction it's going to make the muscles activate and if you tape it in the opposite direction it's going to make them like defacilitate or not work as much
0: that sounds like bullshit
2: thank you because it is none of that is founded The thing I will use K-Tape for, there's two reasons. So when the area is sore, you know, so if I punched you in the arm Mm -hmm. and you rub it and you make it feel better, you're interrupting the pain signals at that area. Mm -hmm. If you put something on the skin, you can get a stimulation or um, an activation of the good feeling receptors, the mechanoreceptors that make the it feel better. So even the reason why sometimes knee braces feel better, compression socks feel better, because there's yeah. this constant, why hugs feel good, right? We're all craving and missing human touch. It's because the mechanoreceptors are getting stimulated. Mm-hmm. So it's like the brain has something else to focus on in that area. So it actually can interrupt the pain signals that at the area the other reason I'll use it for is if someone has a big injury and the muscles are inhibited. So when there's a lot of pain around the area and the muscles aren't firing the way they're supposed to, right? You slam your thumb in the door. You can't grip anything. Well, it should just be your thumb that you can't use, but it's your whole hand. You can't physically grip anything until you shake it until you get that pain down the body shuts that area down when there's too much pain it's a beautiful mechanism we have to protect ourselves but it's not functional in the long term um if someone has that i'm usually all over their muscle like with my hands, trying to give the brain an external cue to say, hey, fire this area on. With something on the skin, it can have a similar effect. That's interesting. So people will come in and tell me, oh, I don't know what it is, I don't know if it's in my head, but my knee just feels better when this K-tape is on my skin. It's not holding the joint in place. It's not making the muscles activate. But what it's doing is it's giving the brain something else to focus on and that your attention is there. You know, when you're training someone and you're like, really focus on those glutes, really focus on those legs. When you're, when you're tightening them up, really focus on that. They didn't do the muscle, the movement any different, but they have an increased attention to that area and they're able to activate you know what, a little bit more. It's the same
0: more. idea. If you poke the muscle, exactly. they fire it.
2: Right. And so that's, those are the two reasons why I will use it. So it's not a savior, it's not going Mm. to fix them. But if it allows them then to exercise more, because one, the pain is less, or two, they can Mm. activate the muscle more. It's kind of that thing that helps me bridge. So someone comes in super painful, might be a way that I can get the pain down a little bit, make the muscles activate a little bit more, and then they move a little bit better. Mm. So then they get stronger, and then they can do the, the movement better. So that's why I'll use it. But for all the other reason that it supports or it, it activates them, like, or it like increases the facilitation, defacilitates, brings warmth. Like th- one guy said, well, if it's black tape and you're in the sun, maybe it'll increase the warmth to the area. Like he was just <laughs> like, I think black <laughs> attracts more heat. Um, so maybe that's it.
0: Well, because it's funny. Cause like I went to the, uh, uh spider co, mm-hmm. um, they're training, class, like it was a two-day thing where you're like literally taping people up. Mm-hmm. And and it was one of those things where where they weren't making sort of outlandish claims with theirs. Yeah. Um like their whole thing was that it was already pre-cut. Uh, so it was easier oh. for dummies to use. Right. <laughs> um but yeah their big thing was like yeah like if you got something that hurts, you put the tape on mm-hmm. and you find it won't hurt as much. (laughs) You know, they got into no susception and, you know, all the fancy words for it. But it's like fundamentally like the, the, uh, there was actually, it was like a doctor who was teaching it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you ever bang your head? And then when you put your hand to your head, it doesn't hurt as much.
1: Well, that's why the the thing with the kids work. I want, yeah. want me to kiss that better? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, welcome, to Spider <laughs> yeah. That was sort of you know. Oh my god, oh, that's fantastic!
1: Yeah. I love that. That's exactly
2: why it works. And so whatever, if it works and it makes people feel better, but when you see all different athletes on the spectrum using it, right? Like when you have some elite athletes using it, they don't do things unless it works, right? Like, so something's working. And they taped up my whole side of my one body. I was living with um, my, my best friend, who is another physio in Edmonton. And I came home and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but my whole like right side of my body feels amazing because I left all the tape on because I wanted to show her what it was. And I'm like, so I can't explain it. I don't know what's going on, but like this feels great. My whole body feels like I feel better on my one side. And then we just got into the science a little bit more. So Quite the opposite when it first came out, but I I still love it and I still use it. I just don't think it's a structural thing that's going to ever support the joint or whatever. Is have it you. easy
1: for people to tape themselves? It is, and if like you've never done it before? they just go online and
2: yeah, go online. If someone has taped it before, like if you have someone who's used to taping, whether it's a physio or an athletic mm-hmm. therapist, someone who's just done it, like right. videotape them doing it. But there's like little tricks around it. I will always curve the edges because it's less likely that it'll peel up. Mm. You don't want to have lots of tension on either end. So if I pull all the way through, it's going to peel up. Um, you don't want to have cream on the skin right before. You wanna, um, if you're hairy as fuck, if you're you want to smooth it out. Yeah, mm. You might, might want to shave it. But besides that, like there's, and it's, it's like, where is it sore? Make sure it goes over top of it. Like That's it's, it. it's not, doesn't it not, matter what direction you do it in.
1: Interesting.
2: You're not going to hurt it, right? And with athletic tape, if you're using some of the harder tape and you have the creases or what have you, there's a chance that you can blister the skin underneath. Well, this is so movable that you're not going to, yeah, Yeah. like you're not going to hurt anyone's skin or skin compromise it. So the biggest risk is if someone has like an uh, an allergy to latex, Mm because then they'll they'll rash. Yeah. Sometimes people use it and they exercise a ton with it so then the sweat and the skin get irritated so multiple uses don't always work so you have to give them a day or two in between but sometimes it's a
1: really nice bridge to get them back to to where they feel good yeah
0: and mm-hmm. you can get it whether it's from shoppers or amazon or yeah mm-hmm. i'm just
1: thinking yeah that's good for people to know if they want to yeah. order it mm-hmm. i want to go back to my earlier uh point where because i think it's probably pretty common the kind of workouts i'm doing versus the mace (laughs) and the rings Mm -hmm. um but you know if i'm doing trx rows if i'm doing push-ups if i'm doing bladder raises and then face pulls what else is sensitive um do you feel like you do overhead presses a little bit oh i can feel it actually as i flexed so here it's on the inside okay um it's on the inside as well Okay. right on the inside. So, because um, I feel like those are very common, what do you suggest
2: for your elbow pain or yeah. for the? So the volume you're doing is high. Um, I don't know what you were doing before, but
0: it was very similar. Like you, it's it not it's not much more than we were doing before.
2: Yeah. And how long has it been going on for?
1: It's been going on for about almost a month now. Okay. Do you I get?
2: Don't. Which is
0: funny because you're not climbing. Because we also It's weird,
1: because I, the only time I experienced that was when I rock climbed, if I climbed hard without warming up. Mm-hmm. It's only at the beginning, but it's it was more so if I haven't climbed in a while. Yeah. and then you get the forearm forearm pump, and it's usually all related,
2: right. And so when it's both sides, something's going on either centrally. So whether it's mechanics through your lo- your upper back that you're now just pulling mm-hmm. too much through. When we activate the muscles, so going into heavy load, like tendon loading, mm-hmm. if you activate the muscles, you actually can get an analgesic effect if it's not painful. So sometimes the muscles need to be loaded like overloaded um, in order to decrease the pain in that area. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you work out, you have mm-hmm. this good feeling fiber or this good feeling sensation, our body produces like endorphins, in, in like endogenous cannabinoids and, and opioids. Um, and so activating the muscles can produce that and can relieve the pain in the area. Also time under tension can help with the ten- with the tendon itself. So is it tender to touch on the elbow?
1: actually it is right there
2: yeah and so sometimes you can produce like a tendon irritation a tendinopathy with it mm-hmm. and it's because you haven't been loading it right so a lot mm-hmm. of tendon issues come is because it's inappropriate tendon loading um and we go into tendonitis things and we're supposed to stretch them or whatever that we used to do with them well Sometimes the tissues get this irritation in them and we actually just have to do time under tension because we know that going into the gym and working out, the muscles respond better when you load them and if you don't load them, you get the muscle breakdown. And it might just be loading differently than what you're used
1: to and it's just so much different from what you're used Mm -hmm. to. Because when we used to do the pulls before, I was always more exhausted. You know, I, I feel like it's more of a shorter burst, mm-hmm. but I'm supersetting, and I haven't done a lot.
0: Yeah, because you're you're not taking as much rest between sets with these workouts. Like so that's you're, another you're difference. You're super rows and push-ups.
1: Now they are working very different muscles, but the elbows
0: yeah. involved in both of them.
1: in both of them. Yeah, so. in that case. Whereas,
0: like before, if we were doing barbell rows, I would do a set. And then you would do a set. Yeah. And then I would do a set. Like, you're getting the longer rest periods. Yeah. Right? So, the, the joint is getting time for, for waste products and yeah. flushing and, you know. So, the volume where we're doing, because if you notice, like, uh, when we trained together, our workouts were a lot longer. Yeah, they were. Right? Because we were doing about the same amount of stuff. Yeah. But over...
1: We had more time for Like, rest. two
0: hours or an hour and a half versus doing it in 45 minutes. And right? And
2: a lot of injuries come because we under-recover, right? So it's not an mm. overtraining issue. It's we
1: under-recover. So, Recovery is so key. I feel like my... Sh- which is weird because in a way I have more time now, but I feel, I feel like I have less time. So what would you suggest? Spend more time?
2: spend more time, take that active recovery time with it, and even add some times where you have a heavy load under tension. Because when we do get back to where we are allowed to climb or do things, you're now going to ask your body to perform these sustained holds, right? So climbing, you're holding in a sustained position while you move through slow, methodical, beautiful movements, but you're doing a different training pattern now with repetitive, high repetition, relatively lower load comparatively to what you were doing. Yeah. So take more time, even doing more time under tension. Um, and even just doing some hangs, you know, like just, you don't have a hangboard thing here, but just try I don't, it.
1: I can even do it on my uh, door.
2: But just thing. trying anything where you can do okay. a heavy kind of push or pull or grip, like anything that okay. keeps you time under tension. Okay. Trying those 10 second by five second by 10 second push-ups gross but wonderful tendon loading and time under tension yeah
0: yeah it's like slow shit down yeah okay because
2: that's your sport too right like climbing Mm -hmm. is is slow yeah it's not a do you know if you were cycling and you were doing twenty thousand pedal strokes in a ride okay let's do a whole lot of repetitions Mm -hmm. but when you're climbing it's it's a different loading pattern with it and so that's what your body was used to.
1: So by the way, and I guess it goes a bit back to the nervous system, I had reached out to Allison about, through video conference, about my knee because I'm doing these one-legged um, squats supported by TRX or I'm doing uh, one-legged Romanian uh, deadlift. Mm-hmm. And I found with my right knee that um I couldn't go from the movement of a straight knee to a bent knee and back up again. It, it just felt like I was gonna collapse. And so you had me do those three exercises. Initially, when I first did, I was feeling that same pain or uncertainty in my joint. But then when I just did it a few more times, it's gone. That's just amazing. I guess what you were saying, it's a bit of that your body is not wanting to trust, right, it's probably not awake, the muscle. Yeah. Um, It's not firing correctly, the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really interesting how you said you do your left because Mm -hmm. it'll get your body to fire correctly. And then once that's going, you can do your right. And then it was really amazing. So that really worked out well. And I'm just glad that you're going to be going to virtual too.
2: That session made me so excited because there's so many different things that happened in that little bit, like activating mm-hmm. the muscles and trying to get that brain muscle connection happening. Mm-hmm. You have stuff going on in your knee, right? Like your knees, if you look at them on x-ray, don't look pretty. And your your muscles are like, mm, not going to touch those i don't want you to activate the muscles and you're like no we can do it we just have to do it in a controlled manner yeah so you have to reteach the muscles one to fire on so you have to wake up that motor cortex Mm -hmm. and there's so much carryover from the other side so whether it's retraining the body whether it's waking up the motor system to do it like we aren't separate from our nervous system and there's just different strategies we know Plus, the isometric stuff, like I said before, our body produces the endogenous cannabinoids and the endogenous opioids. It produces these pain-reducing things. When we've got these good flowing chemicals in and around the area, then the muscles are like, okay, I can activate because there's less pain in the area. Gotcha. And so it's, it's both things. It's waking up that nervous system, and it's producing that analgesic effect, which then The body starts trusting and it's like, I can go through because it was just that one little range was like a zero to 30 degree range. If Mm -hmm. she stuck in 30 degrees, she was strong, but it was that initiation of that motion and she didn't like it. And then we just took her into that, but safely with
1: the isometrics Mm -hmm.
2: and then it was brilliant. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that so was exciting. really neat.
1: That was really
0: neat. So well, and that that's one of the things too. Like isometrics for people that don't know, <laughs> is pushing against a load that doesn't move. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we'll just quickly go for for mm-hmm. people who understand lowering a weight or or breaking is eccentric, mm-hmm. lifting or throwing or jumping is concentric, and pushing against a load or pulling against a load that doesn't move is isometric. And it strengthens about 15 degrees on either side of the angle you're pulling on. So if you grab something with a bent arm, it's not going to strengthen the entire range of motion, but mm-hmm. about 15 degrees on, on either side of whatever your uh, uh, joint angle is. So it can actually, if you have a weak point in something, doing isometrics, you know, basically trying to lift a car, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever gets you at the right angle, wherever you're weakest and you just pull as hard as you can. It's not going to move. Um, but it actually is a very effective way of getting stronger safely because you're not getting overloaded.
1: Um, the body scan that you did with me mm-hmm. is that something that you can do with people virtually at this stage or is that too difficult I'm curious no not
2: at all like you can play with that yeah like there's so no I can't mark down with some of the reaching tests right, right. I'm not there to actually measure out how far some of them so some of the things would be adopted but like the side plank hold test that I had yeah. you do a maximal side plank so I'm sitting there watching you and I will correct you each time with it Um different components of that testing you can still adapt and modify and even just some of the fun things that we were able to do I was what's so neat is instead of you coming into the clinic and telling me what your home gym setup looks like right it was like well this is what my home gym looks like and you just took me through mm-hmm. well I have this setup so it's a, it's just a different opportunity I had a beautiful little 10 year old girl last night and she had like we were dealing with some different stuff I had her crawling around on the Floor, and I was able to show her some exercises. So, there's so many things that can be done at home. It's just modified and different. Mm-hmm. And with isometrics, it's just such a neat little training tool that people can use. So, we're sitting at desks that w- are not ergonomically set up because our workstations were perfect at work. Mm -hmm. Like ergonomists came in or occupational therapists came in and set our workstation up. Now we're at home sitting on the couch or sitting on our bed or whatever. It's not set up well. But you know what? Isometrics, if we know they have the analgesic effect and our back is sore... One of the things with back pain is that our glutes don't fire the way they're supposed to. We'll sit there and put your fist between your thighs and squeeze your knees as hard as you can into your fist. Do that for 10 seconds, then go the opposite. Put your hands on the outside part of your knees, push out as hard as you can. Sometimes that little bit when you're sitting and you have a little bit of back pain, activating the muscles in and around that area, like you said, 15 degrees on either side or the muscles around, The concept of irradiation, using borrowing muscle, like or neighboring muscles to help with the movement pattern. So if you hold a light fist, just the muscles in your hand work, If you go into a deeper, like stronger fist, your forearm starts tightening up. If you go to the deepest, strongest fist you can, you feel your biceps kicking in, you feel your shoulders kicking in, you're using borrowing muscles to do the same motion. You're activating those muscles. And it's something that people can do when they are at home that's super simple. They don't need any fancy equipment. They don't need someone to tell them to do it. It's just, again, the knowledge to know. And that's where some of the sessions are, is like, we can go and teach them. this this stuff or you can see the videos and online and just see that there are strategies because this is a crazy bizarre world time right now and and it's just figuring out these little things that work for people at home
0: yeah the the biggest thing that I think that a lot of people are running into is that uh, people will have been training a way they liked Mm -hmm. right and I'm guilty of this Um, most of the training I did before Mm -hmm. was stuff i liked yeah Mm -hmm. i like barbells (laughs) you know because i'm good with them um you know uh and now because i don't have any at home it's one-legged movements um gymnastics rings body weight exercises it's great from the standpoint of you know developing sort of like new fitness and new skills yeah um But then it's one of those things where you have to find workarounds because, let's say, pushing exercises. Before, when my elbow would bug me, because this has been bugging me for a long time, um, it's like I could do some variation Mm -hmm. because you have everything in the gym to choose from. Um, Whereas at home, (laughs) uh, if my elbow's bugging me, then any variation of push-up hurts. Right, whether it's push ups on the gymnastics rings, obviously dips are out the window. Yeah. Um, push ups on the floor are out the window. Like yesterday, I used my lightest weight band, stood on it, put it over the mace bell, <laughs> and used it as a barbell, but just offset. So the nice. weight is on the one side. I like it. And you've got to engage more because mm-hmm. it wants to pull and you want to keep the bar level. Uh, I think maybe that worked out for the side that was working. Maybe it was like 35 pounds, you know. Uh, but it didn't hurt the elbow. No. So I just did an ass load of reps till I felt my shoulders were going to fall off mm. um, and did a bunch of variations. Yeah. So, you know, and this is the thing, you know, if somebody does have an injury, you don't have to usually completely stop working. Yeah. Like, unless you got a bone sticking out the skin. Um, but you can find ways to work around it. Um, you know? So, one of the things I did... I almost never do lateral raises. Uh, mm-hmm. But I did three-stage... What I call ratcheting lateral raises. Um, so... You don't let them come all the way in. You hold the dumbbells just ever so slightly with a bit of tension. Yep. Then you go a third of the way up. Pause. Come back down. Then two thirds of the way up. Come back down. All the way up. Pause. And like hold for like a five count. Mm-hmm. Then come down a third of the way and then back up. Two thirds of the way. Pyramid, yeah. Back up and you know it's one of those things 10 reps and you think you're gonna die with 10 pound dumbbells yeah (laughs) because that's all i got
1: that's true
0: right um and like for upper back work i did my gymnastic rings rows because like pull-ups were too much for the elbow Mm -hmm. um but then i put a towel through them and then i used a towel for towel rows love it right changes your angle a little bit works the grip a little bit more um you know so we
1: found that at the gym too just changing the handles the angle of
0: your grip. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this it's hurts. Really
1: Let's try something else. Yeah. You know,
0: you go to a neutral grip, doesn't hurt. Okay. We're neutral grip today. <laughs> yeah, You know, um, all of these things, like there's ways that you can keep moving. Um, and if you're moving in a way that is a little bit more than you did before, there'll be enough stimulus that you'll progress from. It.
2: And you just got to find ways to adopt and different loads. Right. So that there's different ways to change the intensity time under tension how much load how much speed how much range of motion so that's exactly what you're doing with i've got way more time under tension so it's a less load perfect mm-hmm. you're, you're doing that beautiful mary mm-hmm. but if you did that with the same amount of dumbbell weight that you would have done previously that's where tissue tolerance fails and you lead to injury so yeah. it's just a brilliant way to do it shoot the gym that i go to is in elmira so maple syrup Bottles are very regularly a point of that's what we're lifting and we're doing our one arm rows. Mm-hmm. Like it's ridiculous, but it's just what we're doing, right? Like we're finding different ways. One guy made a funny little video of like four four liter dumbbell or maple syrup bottles on either side of a broom handle and that was his deadlift. Like it was just a oh, wow. bizarre little silly skit he but did worked, for yeah. us, but it was something that figure out what works, you know? Like if you have a suitcase at home, fill it with with some, you know, textbooks and hold that under overhead as you press for a little yeah. bit longer. Yeah. You know, finding strategies at home that you can adopt, you know, using the mace with the theraband and changing how long and the different ranges of motion it is a brilliant exercise and you're not injuring yourself further mm-hmm. instead of just sticking to whatever the exercise program is because that's what it says you know like i just i love those little adoptions
0: yeah and it, there's always ways of working around like mm-hmm. um cory gregory uh he's a trainer uh business guy blah 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 Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of fitness and business are sort of a big thing these days but um he's kind of a bit of a psycho too uh like he tore off i think his superspinatus. um you know his his whole thing is like
1: where's that
0: it's one of your rotator cuff yeah Uh, he's like you have four (laughs) rotator cuffs you know muscles like two on each side one of them just not attached. And it was like, they were like, well, you could get the surgery and it blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, if I just get really fucking strong and then I can keep training. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he tore his labrum in his hip. And ran into the thing where it was like, okay, well, what can I do? And that's where he came up with his... Uh, basically doing walking lunges is cardio nice so uh he'll go to a track and do just every day yeah do two laps cool um then he's worked up to doing you know like a full mile which is four laps of the 40 pound weighted vest on yeah um you know and what he ran into is that type of thing um By doing the lunges all the time, um, and and I don't know if there's a big science to this or not, um, but the blood flow to tendons is shitty. Mm -hmm. And so his thinking is like, if I want my tendons to be stronger, then I've got to do more reps. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because you're getting more blood flow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: if you think about like how many reps it takes to lunge 800 meters and he just does that every day for conditioning. Love yeah. It. Or 5 days a week. But. He's
2: he's keeping again time under tension, yep. the muscle activation and he's essentially bulletproofing his hip. Yep. He's using it so he doesn't need to like stress the labrum because the muscles are taking like the labrum is there to deepen the hip socket to do a shock absorbing. Well, if the muscles are doing the shock absorbing, you don't actually need the labrum that much. Yes, it's there for stability and ultimately Mm -hmm. different things. But we know so much about the hip and the shoulder that if you strengthen around it, the surgeries aren't necessary because it's not fixing the tears, but it's sure as heck fixing the stability issue. Mm -hmm. And therefore he can be a fully functioning strength training athlete without needing the surgery because he's just made the muscles do the work instead of the inert tissue like the yeah. the labrum. And that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. You know.
0: So that I that the now that I I can't find myself a high quality skipping rope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're going to be
1: doing the walking lunches.
0: That's going to be the next thing I add. Yeah. You it, know. Cuz the thing is my lower body can take so much work. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't care. It's I like too. Where my upper body, my shoulders go up too much, asshole. My elbow too much, asshole. (laughs) You know, uh, where so it's one of those deals where it's like, uh, obviously, if if your goal is fitness and conditioning, then stuff that involves the lower body will naturally get higher heart rates, more muscle mass involved, Mm -hmm. Um, and I can just do more volume of it. Yeah, right. So yeah, and uh, I like the idea of like stronger hips stronger knees um i'm not going to do 800 meters to start mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. every day um you know what i'm going to start with is like 100 meters three times a week love it right and then go 120 one four you know like yeah. just go to up 20 meters a week
1: hey allison do you have any cha- challenges
2: so my lower body is like I could go on that and do my squats and lunges and I'm really happy with that my upper body my endurance is just not there I have the will right now to want to do it and then I'm trying my my right now I'm still in my assisted pull-ups but I just fatigue out so so quickly so actually since um, this whole thing has started and I moved to my new place which now I don't live in a 1940s house and the door frames are regular so i have a regular pull-up bar nice. i've been working on that and i've actually been finding a lot of benefit um with that which i think pull-ups are one of the greatest mm-hmm. exercises you could ever do i just wasn't consistent with it mm-hmm. so that one is one and i'm really working on my single leg like pistol squat that one are those are my two big like wants for this time inside that it's a pistol squat. uh A single leg squat, but like all the way to the ground and all the way up.
1: That's impressive.
2: It's fun. And it's, I'm not there. And it's really interesting how much more dominant I am on one side than the other. So I'm really working. My left is stronger. It's ridiculous. I would tell you for days that I was stronger on my right. And yet I can't do what I can do on my right as I can on my left. Well, and I think too, part of training is... We do life on like two legs, but it's one leg at a time. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we train heavy, we train two-legged, but we have to be able to go up and down the stairs on one leg, we have to be able mm-hmm. to stand and reach and grab for things, or sports is one leg, like we stand on one, explode off the other, we stand on one leg and drive off the other. When you're hiking, you're you're standing on one leg and then like catapulting up to the next rock or the, you know, with one leg. And so we get these asymmetries that we don't even realize until we start breaking them down. I had no idea my right was so much weaker than my left. Those are things to work on.
1: So just, I don't think we actually explained the body scan, but can you explain that? Because I think that's highly useful to talk, you know, to identify where these um, uh, weaknesses are.
2: Um, it's a quadrant based scan. And so we break the body movements up into upper quadrant and lower quadrant. And when we say quadrants, we mean like shoulder, elbow, wrist, upper back, neck on the right, and then lower back, hip, knee, Ankle on the foot. Um, And so your body's a left and right, and then an upper and lower. So those are the quadrants. And we move with like the lower body and then transmitting force up to the upper body. We don't ever move with just the knee in isolation or just the hip in isolation. And we know that a lot of movement dysfunction is relatively normal. We're normally asymmet- like asymmetric and that's normal. But sometimes some really strong weaknesses on one or strengths on the other or ways we move like immobilities or, or too much mobility um, can lead or has a higher risk for injury. And so if we can identify those hypermobile Areas that don't have stability around um, so think about mobility versus flexibility mobility means I can move through that entire range and have control flexibility means I can get there so if I have if I can sit and split into a, a middle squat or a middle splits but I don't have the ability to control a side lunge from side to side I don't care what my flexibility is I, I don't have the functional use of that mo- mm-hmm. of that flexibility so Identifying if there's a side-to-side difference, if there is an upper-to-lower deficit, we might be able to identify movement dysfunctions. So this came from um, one of my—he is a wonderful human being—and he was one of my bosses at the military base. And he essentially said, "If we can take our—if we can take our tanks through a six-page or thirteen-page, you know, maintenance schedule." twice a year to really make sure that we know everything's moving and and working the way it's supposed to. Our most valuable assets are our soldiers, and yet we're Mm -hmm. not investing the same amount of time to make sure they're moving the way we need them to. Is there anything that we can make better that Mm -hmm. maybe if we identify that that left side is so much weaker than that right side or that left side is so much stiffer than that right side, can we fix it before an injury happens? You know, you take your car in and they're like, hey, this is not working working as well as it should which means this could break down that's kind of the ide- the identification of the movement um, screen it's not a it's not a be all end all it's not going, there's no way to actually predict injury because life happens like you said initially crashes happen on bikes no. you can't predict everything in life but there's sure as heck indicators that say this is more likely the pattern that can break down which could lead to this mm-hmm. and we want to catch it before it happens And that's kind of the basis for the movement screens.
0: Yeah. So hopefully people listening, um, don't do too much too soon. Yeah. Uh, You know, work on loosening up your tight shit. So uh, in our world, like two of our, three of our favorite things are um, a foam roller. Mm -hmm. Or in my case, I've got like a PVC tube. Yeah. Because foam rollers are for soft, weak people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just use it for my back to lo- loosen
1: it up.
0: Anyway. Uh, lacrosse balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, you need three of them. Basically, you want to like work everything up the spine. Mm-hmm. You got two lacrosse balls taped together. And you just lie on it and just work that one spot. And then move mm-hmm. it up a little and work that spot. You know? You, but I also found, like, for working on the elbow, I found it highly effective, mm-hmm. um, both for forearm flexors, extensors, triceps, and biceps. I'll just get it on, mm-hmm. like, and just weight it.
1: We used to do that with the barbell. Yeah, that made the yeah, that's a wonderful
0: Yeah, because the, bi- the, bi- the barbell was awesome because you it's could, like, enough. put it on mm-hmm. and just <laughs> <laughs> roll it. Like, just get oh, on yeah. the ground and then work your wrist back and forth. It was, like... The, the head of the mace, the big ball end on it. I mm-hmm. just push on it. and <laughs> It hurts, but it works. Uh, same thing with the triceps.
1: We'll do a video at some time. He was helping me with my calf and I was screaming and sweating and the looks on my face. I was really entertaining. Yeah. That would yeah.
0: it's so again, she was swearing at me and then the next day she sent me a, like a next morning, sent me a message. Thank you. Like my calves feel so much better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but so, so we've got those <laughs> and then we've got like a Tim Tam, uh, which is like basically That's a, right. a, uh, uh, a jigsaw, but instead of like a saw blade on it, it's got like a little arm with like a plastic ball mm-hmm. and it's, it's the beat the fuck out of you machine, <laughs> you know, like it sort of does the work of like relaxing a muscle. That, like, by hand, somebody would have to work for 20 minutes. But that thing, you know, that that thing of working on your tissue. Mm -hmm. But I actually prefer um, dynamic movement. Yeah. Like, I'll move into a deep, stretched position rather than just go into it. Mm -hmm. Right? So that, like, every warm-up for me always starts with working into deeper and deeper squats. Mm -hmm. Right? Get those hips opened up. And then, you know, but also when you do a pile of reps, it also gets your temperature up, uh, gets the blood pumping around. And then when you start working in deeper stuff, right? Um, and so it's a thing of rather than just like statically hold something, it's like gradually move into it deeper each time and breathe into it. And you, you really kind of get the muscle to both activate and relax. Um, and yeah. Any, any other like tips you'd bring forward?
2: That's one of my most favorite things you've said is like stretching is fantastic. And I am not an anti-stretcher by any means. And sometimes when you'll see some of my blogs or my posts, it's I strengthen and want to move. But strengthening or stretching versus active dynamic movement stretching doesn't we're not all structurally tight and contracted and have all these muscles that don't move if you actually do like 15 squats you know that it feels better on this like fifth one to the 10th one to the 15th one you're not sitting there and stretching every single Mm -hmm. part and yet you move better what we're essentially doing is decreasing the nervous system tension and increasing the muscle like ability to take up that stretch. That's a nervous system thing. I promise if we anesthetized you, your whole muscle system would probably pretty like Supple and juicy and be able to move so it's not a structural thing we're trying to stretch so the dynamic movement is so neat because we're teaching our body to move through new range without needing that static stretching now don't get me wrong I love static stretching yin yoga is one of my most favorite things and you're holding those stretches for 90 seconds to 3 minutes to 5 minutes but it's for a different reason when you get to end range you're stimulating those mechanoreceptors those good feeling fibers 101 my most favorite humans, and he was just such an incredible instructor through the last program that I did. He was like, all the magic happens at end range. All the nervous system changes and all the good feeling fibers get stimulated at end range. That's why stretching feels so good. But how many people do you see that say, oh, I always stretch my hamstrings. I always have tight hamstrings. Yet you do that, get them to do 20 forward bends. And I promise if they can only touch their knees, they're do- they're almost to the floor, if not to the floor after 20. Well clearly the hamstrings weren't just structurally tight or that wouldn't be a thing but it's the nervous system that's settling down. Mm. And that's one of my biggest things for movement is just let the body move. And again, back to that movement snacks, find little ways to get that movement in and just know that whatever you're doing to your body, whether you're beating it up with those those devices, whether you're rolling it out with the lacrosse balls or anything else, we're calming that nervous system and introducing new ways of movement none of it is wrong if you're feeling good and you're finding new movement so people are like oh don't do the foam roller don't do this you're you know this doesn't get tight you're right the it band doesn't get tight it's your movement pattern into that it's an inert tissue it can't tighten up I get it but it's how your body's in that position and what you're doing to it and so it's just we're calming the nervous system so I listened to this one podcast and he said When we're doing manual therapy, when we're doing things that change the nervous or change the body, what we thought we were doing before, the theory behind it was wrong but we were still getting results. So it's like we were driving or flying a plane before we were done building it. We didn't understand what was going on, but now we know massage therapy, the beating up of the muscles, the movement through stretching, what we're doing is we're calming the nervous system. It's not that we're working out muscle knots. There's The muscles don't ball up on each other and tighten up into a knot, yet we do get these, oops, sorry, we do get these like hyper irritable, Areas in the muscles that do tense up, but it's not like they curl up on each other and we're not stretching out those muscle knots, we're calming the nervous system. Mm. And so finding any way to do that, whatever your body responds to, is perfect. Mm. You know, whether it's putting your head on your hand when you or your hand on your head when you have a headache, brilliant. If that's calming the nervous system, that's what we're doing. When you're grinding out with that roller on the arm, your nervous system responds to that cool keep doing that your nervous system responded brilliantly when he beat you up through that calf because it essentially fatigued it out but that's what he was doing right like so
0: that's what we're doing yeah Yeah, absolutely
1: that's really interesting that's that's something i didn't really quite appreciate so
0: the kinesiology tape (laughs)
1: no, <laughs> oh, no, the nervous system, like, I knew a little bit oh. about it, but just to this detail. Yeah, because, like, for a long a time, people talked about
0: adhesions, and you yeah. had to break up the scar tissue, and, yeah, but the uh, all of the, the modern study and all of the evidence yeah, is pointing to... definitely
1: something
0: worthwhile. No, uh, fundamentally, all of these, like, therapies, whether it's self-therapy, you're getting massage, active release, any of these things, yeah. are all just telling your nervous system to calm the fuck down.
2: Uh, like... Best message you could have right there. And like what I'm excited about now is that. Our best evidence-informed practice is the education, exercise, weight management, like full body control, like full body, mind, body, everything. So can you calm the nervous system in any way? And in this scary, crazy time where we're not sleeping, we're scared about finances, we are scared Mm -hmm. about the uncertainty, what helps that? And you said it brilliantly, like you're the way you can exercise, the way you can do, you're in control of that. We're not in control of a whole lot of this, Mm -hmm. but we're in control of that. So finding movement, finding way to get that into our world and then controlling that part Will start to take that cortisol that's been flying because you're in such a high stress area. Gotcha. Calm it down, which is going to make us a little less painful. Plus, sitting for any length of period of time is also painful, so that will amplify if we don't do the movement part.
1: So, what I'm hearing is that the cortisol levels that uh, cause anxiety and stress in your me- the mental side does contribute to the tension in your body.
2: Oh my goodness, like yeah. huge. If okay. they they've done so many studies with that, and that's mm-hmm. been such a consistent message as much as is <laughs> like healthcare and rehab and medicine don't have consistent messages, the more stress in that area, the more cortisol is flooding through that system and it hypersensitizes the system. Mm -hmm. So what you perceive as normally like a two on 10 pain can be a six on 10 pain with the exact same stress on it. Mm -hmm. It's just because the cortisol makes it feel like it's a stronger thing because your body's in like, I need to protect you mode. Think about when your body's in a stress mode, something's happened. The, the pain is there to tell you almost like a motion detector. So a motion detector goes off when someone's breaking into your house. Mm-hmm. When your body's in a state of stress, your motion detector is going off when someone's walking across your neighbor's front lawn because there's a chance that person might break into your house. Mm-hmm. So it's just in hypersensitive mode that I'm going to tell you it's painful way before it's painful because... There's a chance it could hurt you, and that's when we can calm that nervous system down. The mm-hmm. body stops protecting; it stops being mm-hmm. in this hyper tense state. Then we can move better.
1: Interesting. And interesting. all of it affects. That makes sense, and that's why you wanted to do the um, time under tension. Hmm.
0: Well, that's why. Wow. The, the, the whole breathing. Breathing. If you can just like it's one of the tricks to like if people don't do it already. When you're done working out and your heart rates returned back down to that a sort of like, yeah. a normal breathing yeah. level lie down for a couple minutes and just focus on a long deep breath in through the nose slight pause second or two and then exhale through the mouth mm-hmm. um, and, and take your body from that parasympathetic to sympathetic nervous state did I get that one right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Sympathetic
2: good. is the hyper, and then the parasympathetic is the calm.
0: Yeah, because yep. I always fuck that up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they, they should actually have really different names. <laughs> um, but but the, what you want to do is bring yourself from that amped up state, mm-hmm. right? Because you want to be amped up for a workout, mm-hmm. right? But then one of the things that will speed up your recovery, right? Because when you're in that amped up state, when you're working out, you also increase the production of cortisol, So what we want to do is then dial it back so that we can get into repair mode Mm -hmm. um, versus being in the... Like, cortisol breaks your body down, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's the fight-or-flight hormone. Well, if your body thinks that a saber-toothed tiger is coming after you all the time, um, but there's no saber-toothed tiger, uh, eventually, you know, you're you're just eating yourself alive. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the biggest things comes in is, like... Being able to uh, essentially manually dial yourself back just with breathing.
2: Yeah.
0: Massively, massively powerful.
2: Absolutely. And we can't control everything, right? I woke up in the middle of the night the other night, three o'clock in the morning and was having an anxiety attack. Not a true one, but just like couldn't stop my head from going about um finances and where the world is going and who's going to get sick and my grandma's had double lung pneumonia and i want to protect her and don't want to go near her and all of that we can't control that we can't control always our sleep which we know all of the brilliant things happen biologically with sleep and sleep science has exploded and the reparative aspect of sleep is brilliant but for us to get stressed about not sleeping won't help anything either. Mm-hmm. And again, what we are in control of is our breathing. And those yeah. the, the science around breathing is... Unreal with how it really does calm that nervous system, which it's a tool that we have that we can do. And reparative things happen when we breathe, and it's so neat to see. So again, we're not in control of everything, but we are in control of some things. So that's the stuff we have to take control of.
0: Yeah, and that—that's that's the thing. Realize that um, you most people fixate on all of the things they have no control over. Right. If you. Sort of just try it first. Analyze. Do I have control of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Yeah. If the answer is no, be aware of it, but ignore it. And only focus on the shit you have control of. Yeah. Your sense of having control of your life or, or like, you know, that, that sense of dread and everything will yeah. go down dramatically. Because now you're only concerned with the shit you actually have any control over. Yeah. Um, you know? And you will find that you reframe so much of your life
2: and we become adaptable and we become resilient and that's how we get through things, right? So life is, what is that saying? 10% of what it gives you and 90% of how you react to it. It's, you know, resiliency and your attitude toward things and your ability to adapt to the situation. We have no control of this coronavirus, but we have an, uh, we have control of how we re- react to it, what we eat, how we react to our days. And it's okay if we have a day where we need to sit and watch Netflix, but then do something about about it the next day right like just being okay with I can't control it but how can I be resilient around it there's so much around that resiliency aspect of someone's personality too if you're resilient the things that change or the negative aspect if you're not like mental health wise physical rehabilitation if you have that negative resiliency where you're not you're quite the opposite to resilient there's actually like increased studies on how much more your injuries are perpetuated because Hmm. you don't have that self-advocacy self-empowerment kind of thing and so it's it's a really neat thing that how much our expectation and our our autonomy over our kind of current space dictates humility like humility is a huge powerful thing and even in this time like one of my friends keeps saying like never waste a crisis if we right like we are given this opportunity that it is awful what is happening in the world but we're at home and we're in a reset time so if you're not in love with what you're doing Change it. Yeah. If you, you know, like when are we ever given this opportunity to step back, reflect, see where you're at? And if you want to adapt or change or be on a different path, this is the br- most brilliant time to do it. So use your humility, mm-hmm. appreciate what you have, and like what's the most important.
1: I have to say, it's really taught me to slow down and how much. I'm-
0: if you slow down you're anymore, like, we're going to have a problem hiking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. And how can people reach you if they want to find out more?
2: Um, So I have a YouTube channel that I will have more videos and more mobility stuff and more strengthening up um, really soon. Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. So I have all of it and I'll give you all the handles.
1: Awesome. And you're also doing video conference uh, sessions,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So at Grand River, we've we've got that going now. So Grand River Sports Medicine, mm-hmm. um, and we're doing that, um, which is awesome. And it's been so much fun. So seeing patients virtually and adapting their exercise program. I've done run assessments. I've done movement analysis. Yes. So it's been so fun.
1: Yeah, we talked about it in our last episode. You're a backpacker. You like to get outdoors mm-hmm. and do stuff. And I know from our climbing friends at Core Climbing Gym, they speak of you very highly and you know our moves. I love so, your climbers. Um, you know, climbers, backpackers, hikers, people who like to move, go see uh, Allison.
2: Mm. Uh, thank you.
0: Or, or internet see her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is like episode whatever in the zombie apocalypse series. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what we're doing in the next one. So keep training. Don't eat too much. Don't drink too much. Uh, if you're if don't you're,
1: sit too much. Yeah. <laughs> and, if, and
0: if you're if you're uh, imbibing your um, legal marijuana products. So until next time, <laughs> I'm Winston. I'm Catherine. There we go. Live wild. Wait. Uh, <laughs> I fucked it up. Work hard. St- yeah. Play dirty. <laughs> <laughs>